place. We need the singing. Hallelujah. We thank God because every man everywhere ought to always pray. We thank God for the prayer. Amen. But how many know it's the word of God that saves men's soul? And I thank God. Amen. Today is family day. Amen. And the saints of God are tuning in by way of live stream and teleconference. Amen. But we have our brother here. Amen. None other than I call it a bishop. Amen. Pastor Carl Henderson. That has. Amen. Is going to bring unto us the bread of life on today. Let's let's stand ready to hear. Not just hear, but to do what the word of God says. How many know that it's not just in the hearing? When you have heard, that means you've done, you get up and you do something about what you've heard. Amen. And so we thank God for uh, our brother who's coming and is going to bring unto us the bread of life. Let's receive him by saying, God bless. Pastor Henderson. Pastor Henderson. Let the Lord have his way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give God some praise. Certainly we thank and praise God for another day, as was already said and can't be said enough. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we can, and I hope you will, rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Thank God for Sister of the Gospel, Melinder, and thank God for uh, Mr. Griffin. Amen. God bless you. And for all those that are present under the sound of my voice, blessings be unto you. Amen. We want to go forth in the word of God. I'm not going to be long before you. Amen. But certainly, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Coming from uh, first service into a second service. And so we're gonna, I'm going to direct your attention to the book of Ezekiel, the 20th chapter. Verse 19 through 29, you can read on your own time. But I'm going to select a few verses from there. And while you're turning there, I just want to thank God for 59 years this morning. It was a year ago, God blessed this young man to have a heartbeat be born on my day. And he was a forerunner. And so, um, <laughs> Thank God. And, but you know, a year ago, I was in the hospital and the enemy was trying to take me out. And the doctor said they don't know what happened. It was not a heart attack. It was not a stroke. It was documented as being none of those things. And the doctor told me, he said, you shouldn't be here. It shouldn't have killed you. But apparently, your work is not done. That's what the doctor said. Amen. And I'm running on in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. I went back for my annual physical. I believe in doing physicals. I had been doing physicals before. And this time when they tested me, um, everything was above the norm. So nothing was going on that's God. And doctor said, well, it must have been all that you was dealing with at that moment. But thank God, you know, where you are today. Amen. And then, so we're going to go again into.
to the book of Ezekiel. In uh, Ezekiel, the 20th chapter, I'm going to read a few verses from there. It says, I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them. And hollow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Let me read that again. Uh, hollow my Sabbath, the day that has been set aside, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Ezekiel was already involved in ministry, but he received a vision and a command from the Lord to get busy. Uh, not that he wasn't busy, but this was pulling him outside of his normal routine. Uh, this was a very uncomfortable situation to be in because the children of Israel had been taken captive. And, and so they had been taken captive because of their actions in the relationship. Right. And so uh, if I was going to take a topic this morning, I would say let's keep the relationship. All right. uh, it's important to keep the relationship. Now, uh, you, you, that means you have to ask yourself, what type of relationship do I currently have? And that's a legitimate question to be concerned about. You know, we should ask and inquire and examine. Uh, like so many of us uh, used to, we get caught up in work or or from day to day, or the hustle and bustle, and we forget about things, or we can unintentionally snap and don't show or don't show appreciation for something. All right. You know, so it causes a rift in the relationship. Right. When was the last time that you, you thought about that and you bought that special gift? Uh, or you showed the overwhelming concern that expressed love and affection? And certainly we have no excuses for not providing or not remembering birthdays and anniversaries and different things that, that have occurred in our lives. Uh, as I begin to look at this and you know to think about the relationship, because God is concerned about relationship. Yes, yes. And, you know, and, and so a relationship is certainly not something that you take for granted. You know, and God doesn't take a relationship for granted. No, and neither should we. So uh, I was looking at, at one relationship in, in First Samuel and how uh, Ramatha had, had went to his wife Hannah and he said, you know what? He said, haven't I been better to you than ten sons? And I began to think about that. I'm like, wow, when was the last time we went to God and, and said, God, I've kept your commandments. Lord, I, I've been faithful to you. Lord, I'm, I'm doing your will. And if there's anything I'm falling short of, show me and I'll do it. Lord God, show me, just show me, and I'll do it. And whatever it is that turn you on, Lord, that's what I want to do. Amen. And so uh, this young man was concerned about, about how Hannah felt, and she was being uh, uh, under all type of pressure. She was feeling the, the, the concerns of not having a child, and, and so, but yet, at the same time, she was keeping, and he was keeping the relationship. What is the relationship we have with God? 
And then certainly as we examine what Ezekiel was going through, the Bible says that the Lord sent him after giving him a vision. Now the vision in which he seen was of seraphims. And the seraphims had the face of a human, the face of an ox, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle. Amen. And this was not just a, a weird coincidence, but these were concerns that God had. And when you start to look at those things, amen, God is concerned about humanity. God is concerned about the position in which he places us in, a position of royalty, a position of lionhood, a position of power, amen, a position of swiftness, and whereas we can expand and take on judgment, uh, that of the eagle, amen, and then there is the propagation of the gospel, which represents the ox, amen, all of those things have stepped down through history, amen, to bring us where we are today, we have all been impacted by the vision and the things that Ezekiel saw, amen, and so Ezekiel was sent to uh, as to go out and to talk to the people of God. Now, one of the things that as I begin to look at our current situation, you know, at, at, at first glance, you look and you say, what have they done? You know, I'm, I'm bringing it home today as to what they have done. You know, why are we experiencing the things that we are experiencing? And, you know, the shut-in and all of that type of thing. And, and you know, and at first glance, you want to look at it and you want to point fingers at a human being. But uh, as I began to really think about it, my sleep was troubled the other night. And I, I couldn't go to sleep and it was frightful. Amen. And so I began to, uh, to lay there and I was actually scared to turn over. Amen. And so I, I laid there and I heard the spirit of the Lord directing me over to the book of Daniel. And as I went into the book of Daniel, I saw that God had given the children of Israel over to Jehoiakim. Amen. In other words, God released it and caused it to happen because of their mindset, because of the things that they were doing, rather than what the things that people was doing. In other words, the relationship had been tarnished by the people of God, not the people that don't belong to God. And it's not the people that are sinning and doing what's wrong, but it's the people of God that breaks the relationship with him. Bless you, Lord God. This causes uh, the flow, the, the frustration. Now, you know, as I've learned about God and as I've been in a relationship with God, I'm understanding more and more that the relationship that we have with God, he can become upset. The relationship we have with God, he can become hurt. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a moment. If you've ever been hurt before, if you've ever cried before, if you ever said ouch before, if it ever has bewildered you and you just couldn't figure out what went wrong, I want you to understand that God feels the same way. It's not that he don't have the answer to those things, but it impacts him the same way that the relationship, our natural relationship, impacts us. Bless your Lord God. So the Lord had told us, he said, listen, tell them to the things that, that, that they should be doing is to keep the relationship, keep the Sabbath. And, and so there is a covenant that we will have, a covenant, a relationship. And, and as I begin to think more about that, I'm like, wait a minute, it's not just going to church on Sunday. It's not just attending Bible class. But God said it would be a sign between us. In other words, there's going to be a display in our life that says I'm here and he's mine, that says I'm mine, that, that he is mine, my mind is on him and he's on my mind. There's going to be a sign that is displayed. In other words, there's going to be something demonstrative yes, yes. in your life. 
It supersedes that of speaking in tongues. It supersedes that in dancing across the floor. It supersedes those things because of the love. Oh, bless your Lord God. My time is just about up. But the love. Because see, without the love, there is no relationship. The Bible says that you speak with tongues of angels and though you have the gifts that are administered through you, if you do not have charity, you don't have nothing at all. So it's the love. It's the love. We've got to keep the relationship. And we've got to keep the relationship alive. The Bible tells us that the Lord had spoke to, uh, spoke to the children of Israel while they were down in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Egypt representing a play of the world system. They had control. Pharaoh dominated everything. And the children of Israel was there for 430. But at the end of that, they began to, the Egyptians began to receive plagues. And so as I looked at them like, God, when was the first time there was a shut-in and a shut-up like this? It was down in Egypt where the Lord told them, he said, now you've got to put the, uh, let, I'm paraphrasing this, but, but there is going to be a final plague. And when that plague comes, you have to do this. You have to follow these instructions. So, so Moses called the elders of the church together and said, listen, this is the instructions. Elders of the church, there is, nobody else is following it. The elders of the church must follow. If nobody else is doing it, those that are in office should be right in the court. Bless your Lord God. And so the Bible says that, that he called the elders and he said, listen, get together. You already know the commandment of the sacrifice that you have to make. And those that have more, you know, if you have more in your sacrifice, invite somebody else over. Amen. You need to invite somebody else over for some prayer. You need to invite somebody else over for some, for some word. You need to invite somebody else over, and, amen, to get down with God, amen, and to have a relationship, amen, with God. And so the Bible says that that he told him, he said, you're going to get some hits up and you're going to put it in the blood and you're going to paint the doorpost of the house. Uh, you're not, you're going to paint both sides of it. You know, the doorpost for those in construction, you know that that is to support the roof, to support the very thing that you're living up under. And so you're going to put the doorpost on the side. In other words, nothing can enter into the house until it goes between the doorpost. And at this point, we don't want the death angel going between the doorposts. Bless your Lord. Amen. And so we're going to put paint the doorpost. And so it just made me wonder, amen, have anybody painted the doorpost? Amen. Have the blood lost its power in your mind? Did you repaint the doorpost another color? Maybe you painted it green instead of blood red. Maybe you painted it pink or fuchsia. Maybe you gave it a different color, a different outlook. Amen. Because you didn't like the way you thought it should look. And, you know, you were tired of hearing about the blood and looking at the blood and, and thinking that that's all it was to it. But don't you know the blood is part of the relationship and it has not lost its power? Bless the Lord God. The blood has not lost its power yet. And it's never, ever going to lose its power. Bless the Lord God. He told me, he said, paint the door, folks. In this relationship, the, the lover is saying, paint the door, put the blood on the doorpost. Don't change the color. Don't paint over it. Don't sand it out. Don't do it. But paint the doorpost with the blood and I'll pass by and spare you. Bless your Lord God. My God. So that was the first shut-in. So after the shut-in, now let's look at this. That shut-in, and I, I, I 
I know that there are people that just, just don't like this, that despise this, but I'm sorry, it is the word of God. The Bible says that after, that while they sat there and they ate with the torches, they were ready to leave, they were fully dressed and everything, they were preparation, they were prepared to go. Don't you know that after a while is going to be time to go? Let me say that again. The Bible tells us over in Matthew, the 24th chapter, it says that these things are going to happen and there'll be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, and, and these are the beginning of sorrow, but then the end will come. Amen. So after, when you go and you Google and you look at history and you see that there has been uh, epidemics of 20 years, 20 different type of epidemics that's only been named, not including those that they did not name. Bless your Lord God. We're coming to a close. There is a close of the chapter wherein the brides, those that have trimmed their lamps, those that have that have added the oil, more oil, brought extra oil, those that have prepared themselves for the bridegroom, that they are hearing, and catch this, the trumpet is already sounding. They are hearing the trumpet because it's already sounding. They're hearing the trumpet, and it's not the final blast, but they're hearing the sound of the trumpet already. And then when the final blast comes, and the announcement of the bridegroom, then they will enter in. Bless you, Lord God. Are you keeping the relationship? The relationship. You know, I, Pastor, I, I had a concern. My concern was this, is that those that were not faithful before the shut-in, how are they faithful now? If they were not faithful at that time, if you're not faithful at the moment, of how are you going to be faithful Bless the Lord God. You, you got to understand that the relationship must be. The saints are not uh, are not uh, getting ready. We're ready. We're ready. The saints are ready. The message of getting ready is for those that have not come into a relationship with the Lord. Those that we're yet witnessing to. Those that we're yet reminding that the day is swiftly approaching, and you want to get in line right now. Bless you, Lord Jesus. My God. A relationship. What kind of relationship are we nurturing? Did we paint over the doorposts? Did we take down the articles that the Lord said, hang them about your neck? Did we strip that off and say, well, that's too much? Did we take it off and say, don't take all of that no more? The very, listen, the very thing that got you saved is the thing that's keeping you until the day of redemption. It doesn't change. The very thing that caused you to get saved should not have changed. It should be greater than what it was at that moment. The very thing. I'm going to close with this. But the Lord told Ezekiel, Ezekiel in his vision, he said, listen, he said, I'm sending some men. And these men have swords, but there's one man that has a pouch and he has a pen. And he's going around and he's marking those that the Lord said to mark. So when the sword comes, it is not going to touch those that have been marked. And so therefore, there is a remnant that are yet crying, a remnant such as us, a remnant such as those that, that are yet crying out, Lord, have your way. Lord, save. 
Lord, we're praying against the unrighteous. Let me go back to this. The unrighteous being those that know better. The unrighteous being those that say I'm saved and I'm baptized, I'm filled with the hope. The unrighteous, those that have taken the relationship for granted. The unrighteous, those that refuse to bow down and to be faithful unto him. Amen. That the mm. That's why Solomon said, Lord, if the people, and this got Daniel in trouble. Lord, if the people decide to go get outside of the, your will and you take them captive, if they turn to Jerusalem and pray, hear their prayer and forgive their sins. Hmm. So Daniel would go and pray facing Jerusalem because he appreciated the relationship that he had with God. Do you appreciate the relationship? What kind of relationship are you nurturing?